You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through June 25th. Only a few more days left of June. And here comes July. Um, just a few days away, and that means Daphne will get to go to some competitions next month. So, yeah. I am so excited for July. I've got a ton of fun things planned, including two figure skating events. I'm going to get to go to a very special art installation that is in Grapevine, Texas. So while I'm down there for... Dallas Classic, a friend and I are going to go to this cool thing called Meow Wolf. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, the funny thing is, Gina, what people can't hear during this part of the podcast (laughs) is my fiance and I added a new family member. We have a kitten named Cassidy and we've had to record this a couple of times. (laughs) She's been making noise in the background. Yeah. So I'm getting, getting used to that. Well, she's very cute, so. <laughs> she is. She's very precocious, and she's got quite a personality, and we love her very much already. Um, we've only had her about a week, and last week she was still getting used to everything, so her personality has definitely mm-hmm. come out. So anyway, I am very much looking forward to July. It's going to be a great month of experiences. So, And you know, Chesapeake Open took place this past week and that really got me excited for the skating season and I feel like we should be getting ready to hear about Grand Prix assignments at some point soon yes I'm guessing maybe this last week of June so we will definitely keep our eyes and ears out um and as soon as we hear about Grand Prix assignments we will make sure to um Post them 
um, on our social media, on our website. Um, we'll get them all out there for you. And of course, then we will discuss them. I would hope maybe next week in our next week's podcast, but it's all dependent on when the ISU releases them and we hear it maybe this week, but we'll, we're not quite sure. So we'll just keep an eye out. I'll be, make sure I have my social media out during work and making sure <laughs> I'm keeping an eye and checking on things. But that's always this time, the end of June into July when we get them. Um, last year was a different story, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always like Christmas in end of June, July. Kind yes. Of it's our summer Christmas yes. for figure skating fans. We definitely are super excited when that information comes out because I think it starts to build up this momentum of the season starting, even though it really already has. Yeah, and I think people buy their tickets based on um, the assignments as well. Like, am I going to go to Skate America because I want to see these skaters? Or should I go to Skate Canada because those skaters are there? Or, you know, kind of people start making plans based on, um, you know, the Grand Prix assignments. And hopefully soon we'll be hearing about tickets for Skate America. I know I think there maybe have been some pre-sale for Friends of Figure Skating. Um, I'm not quite sure about that, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll be hearing about tickets for Skate America soon. I know that was delayed a little bit, Um, but yeah, it's once those Grand Prix assignments come out, it's kind of like we start really, everyone keeps kind of getting ramped up of, okay, who's going where, um, who is it kind of gives us confirmation of who's actually competing for the season too. When we see those names, because sometimes we're wondering, well, is, are those skaters competing this season? They taking the year off. Once we see the grand prix assignments, then we, we have that confirmation of what they're doing. Um, it always can change. And we know we always say that grand prix assignments, they change even when they come Mm -hmm. out at the end of June, they change, but it kind of gives us a little idea of who, Who's going to be out competing this season? Definitely. Well, if we jump right into our event results, let's talk a little bit about Chesapeake. Took place in Laurel, Maryland. This is a big ice dance Mm -hmm. event. I know there are also singles events that are happening. So I've been to Chesapeake once. I really enjoyed the competition. This one, the roster for at least the ice dance events looked a bit smaller than what It was when I went, um, which was like six or seven years ago. For the senior dance, Zoe Larson and Andrea Capron of Ukraine won. In junior, it was Eliana Peel and Ethan Peel. They're a U.S. team that are based out of Nashville. In novice, Anayal Kuevi and Jan Homowu. They train at ION. Intermediate, Marion Carhart and Dennis Bledsoe. Uh, Marion is the little sister <laughs> of Adrian Carhart and Helena Carhart. Zoe Stone and Jerry Stone took the juvenile title. And there was a pre-juvenile free dance event, and that was won by Emma Sun and Gunnar Gates. Gunnar Gates is the son of Matthew Gates, oh, who yes. is a former Team USA competitor. He's been a coach for quite some time. And Kara Murphy and Joshua Levitt did compete just their free dance, so they were in, like, a separate event by themselves. Well, it wasn't just partner dance at Chesapeake. It was also a lot of solo dance, which 
We're going to be doing an episode about solo dance coming up very soon, so we're excited about that. But we'll give you just the results of the senior and the junior events in solo dance. It was Charlotte Manfield of the University of Delaware that won the senior event, and Amanda Urban of the Washington Figure Skating Club that won the junior event. Now, as Daphne said, it is mostly a dance competition at Chesapeake, but there were some singles, um, and we're only, there were... I think there were like lower levels too, but we're just going to mention senior and junior. The senior event, it was Sarah Everhart. And for the men's event, there was only one competitor and it was Dylan Waja. Um, So in the junior event, it was Juliana Barsley who won um, the junior women's event. In the junior men's event, now it was very close, Beck Stromer won the overall event, but Antonio Monaco won the free skate, and it was a very close second. Less than one point separated back in Aunt Antonio. So um, sounds like that uh, uh, was a competitive event. No, There was no live stream. We really couldn't see um, the competition. But um, congratulations to all of the competitors who participated. And yeah, we'll definitely put a link in our show notes so you can see all of the events that took place during uh, the Chesapeake Open. So there was a solo dance competition that took place. It was the Grand Rapids Open in Michigan. However, we have not been able to locate a link to get results. If any of you hear this and you know where we can find the results, let us know. Be happy to add this to our show notes. Right now, we just um, have not been able to locate it. Yeah, they have. Their website has previous years um grand rapids opens you know results but they do not have the 2023 so they may add it and as soon as i see it i will definitely get that link in our show notes so moving on to our general skating news the big news that came out this week is the court of arbitration for sport panel in charge of the arbitration proceedings between russian anti-doping agency rusada the isu the World Anti-Doping Agency, WADA, and the Russian figure skater Kamela Valieva will hold a hearing with the parties and their representatives on September 26th through the 29th this year. Now, um, it's important to note they may not come up with any decisions after these hearings um, right then and there, so we may not know what happened for a while, um, but we now have a date of when these hearings are going to happen. Um, This came out as also news that this past week marked 500 days since the team event medal ceremony was supposed to happen um, in Beijing. And on the Today Show on Friday, um, Alexa Knierm and Brandon Fraser and Vincent Joe were on. They were interviewed by Hoda Kopi talking about, you know, not having medals, what happens if they're, you know, what what would they think if they were to get the gold instead of the silver? Um, and one thing to note from the interview, Hoda Kopi said um, when they are to get their medals that the Today Show would like to have a medal ceremony for the athletes um, on the plaza there in New York City. 
And Alexa got really excited about it and said yes. And they shook hands and said deal that this was going to happen. So, of course, I got excited about that. And I said, okay, if they're going to do a medal ceremony on the plaza in New York City, I'm going to be there. Like, no doubt about <laughs> it, I'm going to be there. But, um, yeah, I thought they spoke very well. Um, I have to wonder how much they're frustrated and angry and upset but they don't seem, I feel like that you do get to feel that they're angry and upset, but they do such a good job of being so professional about it and so good at sports about it that it doesn't come across as, I know if I think I was in that situation, I'd just be so like, I just want my medal. Give it to me now. But they come off and they're very, very professional about it. And I know deep inside they're, they're angry and upset and Daphne, one thing I wanted to mention too is this kind of came out as um, the graduations were going on here this week in my area. And I think about it and I compare the two because it's graduations and getting diplomas is a sign symbol of all the 13 years of hard work, dedication to your studies and we have nine athletes in the U.S. and Team Japan who have given up years of hard work, dedication, sacrifices, and haven't had the opportunity to celebrate an achievement that, you know, took all of that hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. And so it was just, it makes me upset, and I'm going to continue until they get those medals. We will make sure we continue to bring information about what's going on um, and continue to make sure their stories are told um, and make sure we're not forgetting about them because, you know, who knows when they're going to get their medals. And it could be, I hope it's not, but it could be another year or two from now and these athletes have moved on. Some of them have already moved on from the sport and it's, they're doing different things. And so I always want people to remember who, you know, them. And I was, I've had conversations the past couple of days with friends who are not in the skating world and they're still in disbelief that we have athletes who didn't get, haven't gotten medals. So I think one thing that I took away from watching that uh, today show interview is the athletes themselves you know while they talked about the medals i think especially vincent mm -hmm. they really pushed the issue of mm -hmm. this is not just about medals yes. this is about fair sport and solving this piece of it and getting the medals awarded that is only one part of it yes. we need to address a much bigger issue Agreed. substances are on that banned list for a reason mm -hmm. And those rules have been in place for so long. And the fact that it continues to happen mm -hmm. is appalling. Something needs to change. Yes. You know, something needs to change in order for things to get better. It's not going to continue if we just keep doing the same things that we've always done. Right. Because obviously those things aren't working and they're not the answer. So the penalty needs to be stiffer. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I got that impression too with, I mean, I heard Alexa, you know, what do you do now? And she said to fight for, you know, fair and clean sports. So it is, it's in the hashtag that's been going out there more than medals. That's exactly what this is all about. It's not just 
the symbol, the the hardware, the physical piece, it's striving to change. So this never happens again. So mm-hmm. we don't have athletes out there who are not competing fair and clean and are taking away from those who are skating and competing fair and clean. Um, we don't want this ever to happen again. Um, and so that's what we have to you know, hope that comes out of this is that the change happens. Um, but there were, you know, not only Alexa and Brandon and Vincent on the Today Show, but U.S. Figure Skating did an article with quotes from all nine. So again, Karen, Nathan, Maddie and Evan, Maddie and Zach, um, the rest of the U.S. team. Uh, Maddie and Evan also did a video interview as well with U.S. Figure Skating talking about it. Um, the one video that really got me was the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic display that they had, they had finished putting into the museum there. Um, it has the empty metal boxes and I'm like, people go and visit the museum and are seeing empty metal boxes. Um, again, as we said, there is the more than medals hashtag. So if anytime you're posting anything about the metal situation, please use that hashtag. And there is a webpage with um, U.S. Figure Skating's got updates. Also, like, I think social media posts using the hashtag. So all of those things that I just mentioned, we will have all of that in our show notes as well. And unfortunately, the number is going to keep going up for a while because they will not be getting their medals before September. So we're, you know, by the time the hearing comes around, we're looking at now 600 days. Um, but yeah, seeing the number being 500 and it just is like wow yeah we've talked about it here on this podcast that we definitely feel that the athletes deserve to have some sort of fanfare yes when the medals can be awarded yes and i love the continued reminder that it's not just about the medals Mm -hmm. that it really is about safe and clean performance and sport yes well moving on so a little social media post that uh, kind of falls into our news section as well. So Alisa Afimova told a Russian news outlet that she's going to be teaming with Misha Mitrofanov, training in the U.S. with Olga Ganacheva and Alexei Leitov. And their plan is to compete domestically this season and hopefully internationally the following year. We don't have any other information at this time, but we're thinking that there should be a post at some point. So watch our social media and we will share it if anything comes out. Also, I think we got confirmation. Uh, Caroline Soucis and Shane Ferris, they've been representing Canada as a team and with their prior partners for quite a while. They have switched and will be representing Ireland and recently won their first Irish national title. And the source for this was Ice Skating Ireland. So they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. So moving on to recent articles and interviews. Golden Skate recently posted an article discussing the breakthrough season for Sweden's Andreas Nordebach. Well, June is Pride Month. So Olympics.com did an article with Adam Rippon discussing his own coming out. And Pride Month. The U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone posted an article celebrating Olympic and Paralympic Day, which of course was June 23rd. 
Team USA weighs in on what sport they love to compete in at the Olympic Games if it wasn't figure skating. Hmm. I think I saw a video of Jason Brown diving into a pool. Uh, you might be one of people okay. want to check that out. Maybe that's the sport that Jason wants to uh, compete in if it wasn't figure skating. Well, episode seven of the run through came out this week. And that's, of course, Ashley Wagner and Adam Rapon's podcast. Um, this one was on a very serious note. It was Ashley and Adam discussing athlete safety and figure skating. Um, trigger warning, sexual assault, sexual and emotional, physical, verbal abuse, and eating disorders were discussed in the episode. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, but I definitely want to. It's on my list of something to listen to this week while I'm at work. So Madison Chalk and Evan Bates were guests on the Anti-Doping Podcast to discuss their experiences with regard to the 2022 team event and their waiting for their medals and also their commitment to clean sport and the anti-doping movement. That's also on my queue for this mm-hmm. week to Me listen too. to. Me too. Well, Yale Cardiovascular Medicine Grand Rounds posted on YouTube a video of Nathan Chen spending a day in the life with physician and scientist. Ooh, mm-hmm. I've got to check that out. Yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what he wants to do. So I think this was just maybe something totally different because I thought maybe he was more business, statistics, or maybe I'm getting confused. But yeah, so that's kind of interesting to see. Um, I'll have to watch that. I haven't gotten a chance to. I think if it is what Nathan is interested <laughs> in, he can he can do whatever he puts his mind oh, to. definitely. <laughs> so the U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone caught up with Karina Manta talking more about her book, Pride Month, and more. Well, U.S. Figure Skating did a story on trailblazers June Smith and Franklin Singley, who competed in the Centennial Dance at the 2023 U.S. Adult Figure Skating Championships, and they were the first black team to compete at an adult championships. It's a very cool um, article. So, yeah, that's cool. People making history. And finally, Tara Kane. Is touring with Disney on ice. I didn't hear about this until mm-hmm. I found this blog. So it's inside the magic.net and she is discussing one opening day inside Disney on ice. Hmm. Very cool. Well, moving on to our social media updates, Amelia Murdoch announced that she will represent Spain in the coming season. Now, this was news that Amelia had told me a couple months ago, um, and it was on, I posted it on her um, website, and, but we, I let her um, be the one to announce it. So, um, I believe she did that on Instagram this week, but um, Amelia's grandmother is from Spain. So she is very excited to um, get to represent her grandmother's home country. Unfortunately, Amelia's grandmother passed away from COVID in 2020. So Amelia said, I wish my grandmother was going to be around to see me um, compete for Spain. But uh, yeah, so it's exciting for Amelia to get this opportunity to compete for Spain. She's over in Spain right now. Um, doing some training, and then she will be back to Colorado Springs where she will be her uh, main um, training location, which is where she trained last season. So best wishes to her. So Eliana and Ethan Peel shared a video 
of an early season version of their free dance for this upcoming season or this current season. And they're skating to music from the Lord of the Rings. Interesting choice. Well, Johnny Weir shared thoughts on about his skating career before his final public performance at the end of the Fantasy on Ice tour in Japan. Um, on Instagram, you, he, it includes um, clips from his 2010 Vancouver Olympics free skate and his Claire de Lune exhibition program at Fantasy on Ice. So some sad news in the world of figure skating. Uh, Skating Club of New York posted on Facebook that Charlie Sear, who is a well-known and respected um, national and international judge for the U.S., and he was also a technical controller, but he's been the sports director for singles and pairs at the ISU since 2014. He passed away unexpectedly. Um, That's all the information that we have at this time. I did see additional athletes who had posted memories of him. Uh, I think Naomi Lang actually posted on her Instagram a picture of her and Charlie because he was her team leader Mm. at the 2002 Olympics. Mm. Well, moving on. Deanna Stellato Dudek and Maxim Deschamps were training with Alexa Kinnear, Chris Kinnear, Timothy LaDuke, and David Santee at the Oakton Skating Academy this week. Deanna posted some photos. Timothy shared a clip of the three of them skating together. And also this past week, Deanna Stellato celebrated her 40th birthday. So look at her out there still skating at the age of 40. Age is just a number. It's incredible that she's still at it and it's at such a high level. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it blows my mind. So former team USA ice dancer Eliana Pogorbinski was a part of the 2023 high performance summer camp in Laurel, Maryland. This was the ice dance clinic that or camp that takes place at Chesapeake every year. Eliana's uh, presentation focused on strength, conditioning, yoga, and stretching. For those who don't know, after retirement, Eliana graduated from the University of San Francisco with a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, and she is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. I appreciate that U.S. figure skating is bringing back into the fold former competitive skaters to work with the next generation of athletes. Yeah. And I like seeing former competitors doing something a little different other than the coaching or the choreography aspect. Um, So, yeah, it's cool to see her there um, helping the future. So moving on to a segment that we added for the summer, especially for program announcements. Um, I also want to mention that if you would rather visually see this list, we are keeping a page on the website that lists all of this information. So you can go take a look. Olivia Flores and Luke Wang are going to keep their Once Upon a December short program for this upcoming season. Um, the choreographer is Isabella Flores. I think, Gina, you did an interview with the whole family. Yes, yes. Um, and I'm excited to that they're keeping the short program um, this season. So, yeah. Well, Eliana and Ethan Peel, who we mentioned um, a little bit ago, 
Their rhythm dance is to Janet Jackson. Not exactly sure what music selections from Janet Jackson, but the rhythm dance is Janet Jackson. And their free dance we mentioned is music from the Lord of the Rings. Joseph Klein is going to be skating his short program to Underground by Cody Fry. The choreographer for this program, or choreographers, are Joseph Klein and Agata Zashevsky. Well, choreographer Misha G announced the free skate music for Kazuki Tomono. It's Halston by Stefan Mochio. Beck Strummer is skating his junior free skate to Tree of Life Suite by Roberto Cacciapaglia. Choreographer is Beck Strummer with some detail work by Drew Miggins. Last weekend was the British Columbia Yukon High Performance Competition, so we got some program announcements based on skaters' competing programs at that event. Wesley Chu of Canada. His senior free skate is music from the Kill Bill original soundtrack, and his short program is music from Romeo and Juliet, and that's the 1996 film, and the choreographer for both programs is Joey Russell. I love Kill Bill. There's so much music on that soundtrack to use, so I'm interested to learn what selections he chose. Alexa Rakic um, won the senior men's event. He skated to Biblical by Callum Scott, and he's keeping last season's free skate to No One Like You by Red Electric featuring Joseph Kalea. Well, David Lee was second in the junior event. His short program is Where's My Love by Simmel, and the choreographer was by Joey Russell, and he is keeping his La Boheme free skate from last season. Shohei Law won the junior men's event. His short program is to Fever. Free Skate is to Wish You the Best by Louis Capaldi. Well, Great Britain's Anastasia Vipin-Law and Luke Digby announced their Free Skate is to Survivor. And I think I saw it was on, they posted this on Instagram. And I think I heard some Destiny's Child in there. So I think it's that Survivor. Okay, it's that version. That okay, version. Great. Um, and the choreographer is Christopher Dean. Isabella Flores and Yvonne Dejutov. One song in their rhythm dance is Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard. <laughs> I may or may not have seen them a couple times in concert. Um, that was a song that was like a blow-up single for them in the 80s. I don't know how that's going to work in a rhythm dance, but I'm super excited to find out. I think I saw a little video that Luke Wang posted with them doing their pour some sugar on me part of the rhythm dance looks fun um and i'm really excited to hear what the other part of their rhythm dance is yeah i don't know what goes with that so let's go i'm excited (laughs) people you know what skaters are really taking some risks and i'm enjoying it so far especially learning that they're skating to Unconventional music choices. Yes. I love it. Yes. And Antonio Monaco, who we mentioned competed at Chesapeake, his short program is No Pain for Cakes by the Lounge Lizards, and his free skate is Piano Concerto Number 1 and F-sharp minor and Piano Concerto Number 3 in D minor. And the choreographer is Roheen Ward. So moving on to upcoming events for the week... 
We have two events on the schedule. June 27th through 29th is the Broadmoor Open in Colorado Springs. And June 27th through June 30th, the National Theater on Ice Competition in Fraser, Michigan. Yes. It- we want to wish good luck to all the competitors, especially Team Stellaris, who we interviewed Kendall and uh, talked about her team just like a week ago. So good luck, guys. Yes. And so if you haven't gotten to listen to our episode um, about Theater on Ice, we'll put a link in our show notes. That's just, um, we did that episode as a way to learn more about Theater on Ice, a discipline that doesn't get a lot of coverage um, as much and is kind of new to us. And as we mentioned, we may be doing an interview here very soon about solo dance, another discipline yes. that it's it's growing definitely and um, we want to learn more about it so that we can bring more information on solo dance yes so that is the end of our planned content gina can you let folks know where they can find us you can find us at our website it's thisweekinskating.com on social media twitter at this wk in skating and facebook and instagram it's this week in skating We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we receive via email and social media, so please keep it coming. We are going to segue into the mailbag discussion. As you know, last week we started a new segment with various questions that fans can send in. And we will answer them. So, yeah, last week, Debbie sent us a question regarding which, where's the best place to sit at a skating competition? And we shared our thoughts on the subject. Um, Debbie wrote us back and said she is going to be sitting on the opposite side of the judges for the 2024 U.S. Championships. She said the judge's platform obstruct her view a bit when she sat on the judge's side. So she's trying out a new spot. Um, So hopefully um, she will have a good view um, for nationals in Columbus. But um, yeah, we, I kind of forgot about the judge's platform could be sort of an obstruction to people. Um, So yeah, I was very interested that she wrote us back and said that she's going to sit on the opposite side. So hopefully, again, I don't think there's really a bad place to sit. Um, I think you just have to figure out where where you like to sit and what you want to yeah, see. Exactly. Um, I agree about the platform. It's interesting because the judges are located down on that lower level, like right at ice level. But then there are all of the specialists and other components mm-hmm. to to skating that necessitate the need for a higher platform so it it yeah it can be a bit of of a block when you're trying to pick out which seats you want to select um charlotte thompson uh shared the following with us just listened to your podcast which included a question about preferred seating location at competitions i've attended several skate american skate canada international events I like to sit on the right side of an end as close to the ice as possible. This allows me to see single skaters as they approach for their jumps and see their jumps in front of me. Also, I don't like turning my head left and right 
if I sit on the long side of the ring. Hmm. That is an interesting yes. opinion. Yeah. Because I didn't think of that no. because I'm always in a spot where I can see almost everything from that corner from where my photo spot yeah. is. So I'm not often going back and forth. I'm just kind of, my range is much smaller. Yeah. So Charlotte, thanks for sending that in. Yeah. Well, we also did a poll because we wanted to see what, you know, listeners out there in general thought. Um, 68% prefer the judge's side, which is what we thought. 12% prefer opposite side. Um, 4% prefer the ends of the rinks and 14% said it doesn't matter, which I thought was interesting. I really thought people had, you know, either judge's side, uh, the opposite side or the ends. I really didn't think, I think, I feel like people have their specific seats and I didn't, you know, I didn't think there would be as many people that said it really doesn't matter. Um, so Yeah. Um, it's all interesting. I mean, I feel like, again, you have to go to a competition. You gotta, you pick your seat the one time. And if it doesn't work out at that competition and you want a different vantage point, next competition, you sit somewhere else. And then of course, as I always said, other factors go into play when picking in your seats. If it's cost, pick whatever you can afford that's within your budget and go, because it's better to get a seat that maybe it's not the greatest view in the world, but you're there for the atmosphere. I always remember 2014 because I wasn't quite sure if I was going to get a credential. So I had purchased tickets and that was actually my first event as a media person, but I really didn't know the whole media scene yet. So I did spend quite a bit of time in my actual seat and it was way up in the TD garden and but being up there didn't matter. I was there for Jason Brown's river dance that blew the roof off the place. So again, <laughs> I may have not had the greatest seat in the world, but I can say I was there and was part of the experience, part of the atmosphere. Um, so that's another thing I say. If Yes, you would love to have the seat down low, but if you can't afford it, get whatever seat you can afford and be there. That's all that matters. Just be there. Um, you'll yeah. you'll see something. It's not like you're going to, hopefully you won't have something standing in front of you or in your way. But again, if, if it's within your budget, get whatever you can and just be there. Um, it's such a different experience. I know we've talked about it before that live skating is such an eye-opening experience. I know after I went for the first time, I just didn't want to watch it on TV mm-hmm. anymore. No, same here. Same here. Which brings me to our question for this week, which we'll also pose to our social media followers. What was your first in-person skating show, competition, Ooh. experience, Very good. etc.? Okay. So for me, it was 1998 Champions on Ice Tour. It had all of the medalists, I think, from the Olympics it was just an incredible show. It was my first time in Boston. I took my sister with me. It was oh, was such an experience. Okay. I loved it so much. And after that, I really just focused on wanting to be at live competitions so much more. Okay. For me, 
I know it's the 90s was my first experience in person at um, either, I think, Champions on Ice or Stars on Ice. I can definitely say, because I have a poster behind me, the 1994 um, Tour of World Figure Skating Champions. That I was definitely, so that 94, but I think I was at something maybe earlier, and I, I know I did probably a Disney on Ice um as a kid too, or, um, oh, what other one? Um, as, or ice capades. Couldn't think of it there for a second, but yeah. So I think those were probably my first in-person, my first competition that really got me hooked was 2009, um, U S championships in Cleveland. Um, but yeah, but I was going to shows in the early nineties for sure. Yeah, my first competition was 1999 Skate Canada in St. John, New Brunswick. Okay. I drove there myself, and being from Maine, it was not that far. It was an incredible experience to be there with friends watching the competition. I just enjoyed it so much. And I have such crazy memories um, I remember the fire alarm went off in the middle <laughs> of Laurent Tobel's program, and it was Austin Powers' program. I mean, that's just one of the things I remember. It was just such a great experience, and after that, you know, it just continued my love of seeing in-person skating. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pose that question to all of you, so watch for that on social media. Yes. Let us know. Yeah. Um, so before we sign off, we do like to end our podcast with a little light on what's going on at our respective websites. So over at IDC, we've started our new team series this week. It was Shira Ichilov and Dmitry Kravchenko, who are representing Israel. And I have Anne's article with Naomi Lang, and it's focused on solo dance. I'm hoping to have the solo dance site up this week. What's going on over at FSO? Well, I'm excited because I'm going to be launching a new skater website this week. I'm not sure the exact date. I'm waiting on this and I'll give you a clue of who it is. This team to get back with me with some questions and there's just one little thing I've got to fix still with their site. But I'm so excited because it's been a few years since I've designed a website, so um, I'm really excited to launch it, and it'll come with an interview, um, hopefully midweek, I think is our plan, but um, yeah, and then as soon as this one gets launched, I'm working on another one, so yeah, I haven't done websites in a while, so that's, I'm excited to um, add some new skater websites here, and I also have been working on, um, again, some, you know, behind the scenes sort of stuff, getting ready for next season. I've been putting in, updating our calendar on FSO. So it's not completely done, but a lot of the events for the upcoming season are already there. I know I have the NQS events are already up and, um, because that starts in just a couple weeks. And with that, Gina, we have reached the end of our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week.